the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. This is going to be a special episode to close out 2021 with a bang. Brian is on vacation in Mexico this week. So the FPL Blues podcast is bringing in a ringer. We are bringing in the current top manager in the FPL Blues podcast, Super League, to co-host this episode. And that is Corey Cummings. His team, Pepe Pig, has been running away with it since game week 10. And Corey, welcome. Thank you for making time and for joining the FPL Blues podcast. Yeah, thanks, Bucks. Uh, Just wanted to uh, just give you and Brian a shout out. Uh, Love the podcast. Uh, It's been great to follow along with you both this year and have, you know, just an opportunity to listen on my drive to work and things like that. And yeah, it's great to be here and excited to talk FPL with you. Appreciate that endorsement, Corey. Happy holidays to you. And we're doing this as a labor of love. And Corey mentioned he's following us as he commutes and listens to the podcast that way. But really, everyone who's a fan of the FPL Blues podcast right now is following you, Corey, because you are out in front and you have been for some time leading the charge and leading the scoring in our mini league. So if you can, before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, why don't you just give us your kind of standard introduction, introduce yourself, where you live, who's your premier league team, and more importantly, what's going on with you this season in FPL? Yeah. Uh, so, so as you said, I'm Corey Cummings. Uh, I live in Seattle, Washington, uh, been out here for about five years now. So uh, transplant by way of Wisconsin. So um, got that connect Wisconsin connection with both uh, you and Brian. Go Badgers. Um, yeah. And uh, as far as Premier League club, uh, Arsenal is my club. You know, I've been following them since around 2005, 2006. Uh, I have two brothers. My younger brother played soccer all the way through high school, club soccer, high school soccer. And so he really got me into the Premier League and, and following him as he went through his soccer career. And then you know, him watching Premier League. And then uh, I just started watching Arsenal because he was a huge fan. And uh, and Robin Van Persie was really the player that got me into Arsenal. I know, you know, obviously Thierry Henry is, you know, the the legend there at the club. Sure. Uh, but Van, Van Persie was really what got me into it. I started watching, you know, Van Persie YouTube, uh, you know, free kick highlights and, and goal highlights and really got into it and started playing FIFA. And so this is my fifth year being in FPL. Brian got me in. He wrote me in about five years ago, got me into his league. And it's awesome to see the league grow. Uh, we started, I think the league had maybe eight people. And so it's awesome to see how, how big it's gotten. And then, yeah, so my, my team name, Pepe Pig, a little bit of ode to Arsenal, as well as uh, just a great TV show for kids. I have two nieces who love Pepe, Pepe Pig. And so I know you have, your, your daughter, Charlotte's a huge fan as well. So had to had to put that little pun in there. And then yeah, my current overall uh, ranking is is around 32,000. Uh, by far and away, the best start to the season that I've had so far in my FPL career. And so really hoping to just carry that momentum into the new year. And so well, I've had a few red arrows the last two game weeks. Uh, overall, can't complain with where I'm at and, and being in the top four in a lot of the leagues that I'm in and head-to-head leagues and uh, top two, obviously, in, in uh, uh, Crown the 11. So. Perfect. And that was great, Corey. I, I should say that it's a, it's a bad position that I find myself in because you, your team is actually my daughter's favorite team. Uh, she looks at the team name Pepe Pig and uh, she gets it. She gets the reference and she's a, she wants to be Peppa Pig herself. So uh, I'm just daddy pig. And so I, I come in second place to, to your team name. And that's what it's looking like in the standings too. You're uh, about 40 points clear of, of my team right now. 
So having said that, you know, we've qualified that Corey is a worthwhile guest, um, you know, friend of the program, but also he's just absolutely smashing it halfway through the FPL season. So we want to get back to the basics of this podcast. We want to just recap how each of our teams performed and, you know, Corey, you're the guest and you're also in first place. So why don't you tell the listeners how your team did in game week 20, and then I will quickly recap how Brian and my teams performed as well. Yeah. For this game week, uh, sitting on 34 points, it was a, it was a rough game week. Um, But, you know, thankfully even being on 34 points and, with the solid blank as well. Uh, you know, I'm on a red arrow of nearly 10, you know, about 10 K. Uh, so I'm currently at, again, around 30,000, 32,000. I decided to roll my transfer this week, um, which was a little bit of a gamble. I knew that I was going to be at about 10 men when fielding 10 men and then Livermento uh, ended up getting bench as well, or not even fielding uh, the team, I should say with an injury, but um, so the, yeah, the solid blank, man, that hurt. I was really hoping to capitalize on some of those, managers who decided to move off of him in game week 19. Uh, it was my birthday as well this weekend. So I was really hoping for a, a return from Saul uh, and that, and that missed penalty kick, oh, man, that was, that was tough. And then the header follow-up as well that he, that he hit off the crossbar. Uh, but yeah, so, so it was a rough game week, but overall did well, you know, Foden and, and, and Dennis, that they, they performed, you know, as they have been, uh, but yeah, 32, 34 points, red arrow. Not a great start to, to heading into next week. Hopefully you're going to have a belated uh, birthday gift. Uh, I know Salah didn't deliver. I was watching that game as one of those managers who did move off Salah and knowing you were coming on and Brian also held on to Salah and you both captained him. I was very fearful that I was going to be uh, coming onto this podcast with, uh, you know, potentially a, a hundred or 200 K red arrow, but that wasn't meant to be. I ended up on 62 points. I'm, had a healthy green arrow of 75,000 spots up to 111K overall. I moved off Salah last game week and that move really paid off. Uh, He didn't play against Leeds and then he gets a zero and he was the most popular captain selection. I went differential. I captained Hyungman Sung. He ends up with 12 points total with six with the double 12. Uh, Ronaldo, who I moved off Salah to bring in, he gets a dozen as well. Foden, 11, Denis with seven, Cancelo with six, and Antonio with five. So always nice to get returns from multiple players. And this was kind of me riding the ship this game week. Uh, Salah really allowed my team to have an easy climb as a lot of managers above me and around me had kept Salah and captained him. Brian, I should say, he ended up somewhere in the messy middle between us. He ended up with 39 points. He ends up with a small 11 K red arrow down to 132 overall, excuse me, 132,000 overall. And Brian is back to officially being the lowest ranked manager on the podcast. Huzzah! Love to twist the knife when he's not away to when he's not on the pod to defend himself. So he was hard done by the solid blank as his captain, but he got 11 from Foden, six from Cancelo and six from Sun, and five from Josh King. So that's how the podcast host shook out. Corey, any last yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I'm just good on good on you for that differential captain with Sun. You know, heading into the the weekend, it was looking a little bit dicey there whether or not that Tottenham game was going to go on, and so it happened, and he delivered for you. So, so shout out to you for that that differential captain that really paid off for you this week. 
Yeah, it's hard for me as a Chelsea fan to back any Spurs assets just out of uh, pure bias. But uh, this game week, it was the right call. And honestly, I should have been even more bold and captained Ronaldo, but who I captained last game week. But it wasn't meant to be, and uh, I'm still pretty happy with doubling up the game week average. With that, we should shout out the manager of the game week. And this is a huge kudos to manager Michael Brennan and his side, Dunboyne AFC, who put up 73 points. He captained Ronaldo for 24. He had Casper Schmeichel in goal for 15 points, which is massive. Son and Cancelo get six each for his club. And he had three guys come off the bench. All three of his bench players ended up coming in. He had seven from Denis, two from Simikas, and two from Diallo. So massive boost of 11 additional points coming off the pavement to contribute for his team. And, you know, you got to really cherish any and all points this game week. And Michael, he more than doubled up the game week average of 31 points with his 73 point showing. So big congrats to Dunboyne AFC and for topping the mini league this game week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look into the top performers from game week 20. And we're back. Corey's going to kick us off with the top performers from game week 20. Yeah, so rounding out the top performer of this week was Kasper Schmeichel. Uh, ended up on 15 points this week. Had that huge PK save for Mo Salah. Um, and, and that one, and an additional save and the clean sheet, uh, and which landed him on three bonus points as well for the week. Uh, so Kasper Schmeichel was the top performer of the week. Uh, and then Jared Bowen. Uh, came in at second with 14 points, got the hat trick of assists, three bonus points, looked really phenomenal this game week uh, and rounded out that top two. Edward from Crystal Palace, he's shocked. He was someone who uh, we've covered on the podcast before because he was one of my differential selections on my wild card. He didn't come through then, but he certainly came through in a big way for a depleted Crystal Palace side. He ends up with 14 points, a goal, two assists, and three bonus. Like, where the heck was that when he was in my squad? That was pretty frustrating. But uh, this was a game week where actually a lot of forwards contributed. Ronaldo, as we mentioned earlier, he had a dozen points. He had a goal and an assist. And then Kane had a goal. He's starting to get right. He ends up on six points. And Lukaku also has a goal. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't the game winner. So he gets a goal and that ends up contributing with two bonus for a total of eight points. So some pretty impressive scores from from forwards across the game and specifically some big hitting forwards, but none of them could compete with the... uh, the efforts of one Edward for Crystal Palace. Yeah, and then uh, just a, another quick top performer shout out was Phil Foden. He came back from uh, being off the off the squad last game week, uh, really returned, especially for my squad for eleven points, uh, and he got, got his goal and and got the clean sheet and three bonus points. So great to see Foden back in the squad and and performing again. So. Yeah, massive for him and for FPL owners who are patient that have Foden in their side, uh, that he's gotten off the Pep Guardiola naughty list, and he immediately comes good and really sparkles. I think he really is showing why he is such a special talent and a special player uh, for City. So great for him. Uh, There were a couple surprise flops that I wanted to cover with you, Corey, here, and I'll let you kind of 
take your guy and your captain who really disappointed? Why don't you start out with the most obvious? Yeah, so so Mo Salah, just the the, the most obvious flop of the game week with with the Dylan that, uh, for especially for those who captained him, you know, misses the PK, fails to score any FPL points, um, gets the minus two with the missed PK, a really big flop this game week. And, you know, heading into this game week with uh, City having put up six goals on them, on, on Leicester City last game week, you know, really expecting Salah to return, uh, and that didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, you know, and then uh, Jota and uh, Alexander Arnold as well. You know, they also disappointed. Lots of lots of opportunities for for Liverpool this week, but you know, ultimately didn't capitalize on those, and uh, really um, some some big flops this game week. Yeah, just to pile onto that, I mean, Salah had the best chance of the game where he missed the penalty kick, which he earned. Um, so that was a huge bummer for FPL managers and a huge relief for Salah sellers like myself. But Jota also had a quality chance or two. And most notably, I think TAA was the man who was marking Adama Lukman uh, when he was ended up scoring the game winner for Leicester. And it just looked like he was only really half running. So that's frustrating. And you know, that is the big three from Liverpool right now. And Liverpool have been the most consistent team for points thus far this FPL season. So this was a real shocking loss of points for FPL, but also in real life, because uh, this was a game where Liverpool were tapped to just run away with it. Leicester coming off a short rest and Liverpool you know, the Leeds game they had the game week prior was canceled. So this was really a chance for Liverpool to cement the spot, solidify that they were going to be a top two team and they dropped points. Another team that surprisingly dropped points, at least from my perspective, I'm probably a little more biased than you are, Corey. (laughs) And that was Chelsea. And I think we have to start talking about the Chelsea defense because it is in absolute collapse at this point in time. Anything you took away from this game? Yeah, uh, man. I mean, I've been on Chelsea, the Chelsea double up for a while now. And, you know, with Alonzo and with James, uh, Alonzo actually didn't start this game. And so it was, uh, with the James injury, it was a little surprising to see him come on. And, and it was great to get those points from him at least a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it, it's been really disappointing to, to be a, a Chelsea owner for two defenders and really seeing those performances the last couple of game weeks. Uh, has been tough, uh, and and really those two have been on uh, the chopping block for a bit. James less so, but with the injury now, um, both of those are definitely going to be players that I'm going to be looking to move off of uh, in the next couple game weeks. Yeah, great shout. I I know I'm also on the Chelsea double up. I have Rudiger instead of Alonso. It's so frustrating because I feel like they became essential right at the same time when Ben Chilwell went down injured. Pretty much FPL managers across the board had at least one expensive Chelsea defender and they have not kept a clean sheet uh, and gotten three points in that same match since game week 12. So that's a really long time. That's over two months of matches and on the calendar and Reese James as Corey, as you mentioned, he looked like he had to come off with a hamstring injury that did not look good. He's 6.4 million right now. So he's really uh, near premium player and he's, 33 percent owned in the game so i expect he's going to be sold off in a big way uh going into the liverpool fixture in game week 21 and worth mentioning chelsea also have some blanks coming up they blank in 24 and then potentially 25 as well for the club world cup so all things you need to be aware of as you plan your upcoming fpl transfer moves 
Yeah, yeah, with with Liverpool and City, and even with Spurs coming up too, and then those two blanks, uh, as you mentioned, those they're you know James and Alonso um, with my FPL side, and I imagine a lot of other managers really looking to move off of those players, uh, if not this week, certainly in the in you know in game week twenty two. So we'll save our uh, defined transfer plans for a little later in the episode, Corey. But I I would want to ask you here. Um, are you at all thinking about a wild card or a free hit chip as we go into game week 21 based on the news that you have a couple players short? Uh, you have the Arsenal triple up, as we mentioned earlier, and you also have these two Chelsea players who have very challenging fixtures. Are you thinking at all maybe of a free hit move to shake things up and bring in some players with more favorable matchups or guys that are actually just going to see the pitch? What's your thinking here? Yeah, for right now, uh, I'm I'm not. I'm thinking of holding that that free hit for now. Uh, I think uh, you know, with things just constantly evolving as far as fixtures go, and COVID cases, um, certainly going to draft a potential free hit team. But my plan is, uh, and we'll talk more about transfers in a moment. But my plan is to currently not use either those chips. Uh, move forward with some transfers, maybe a hit. We'll see. Um, but continuing to just move forward with that plan. Um, and using and holding onto that chip for a later date, even though those two players and a few others I have are certainly concerns moving into this game week. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I tried to uh, spring a question <laughs> on Corey uh, unplanned and he, uh, he kept his cards close to the vest. With that, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we'll dive into quick update on game week 21, as well as a preview of the best and worst matches for FPL points. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to do a Game Week 21 preview and look ahead to the fixtures to come. All right. So it is Thursday night right now in America, and the Premier League has yet to confirm any double Game Week news for Game Week 21, which is coming this weekend, or 22, which is coming next weekend. The real reason this has been earmarked is because there is the potential to double Game Week these fixtures uh, because there is a midweek without any conflicting footy. So that's great for FPL managers and something that Ben Krellen, who is the kind of FPL spreadsheet and fixture tracker guru has really identified as there are going to be double game weeks. We just don't know at this point, which teams are going to be involved, but we can make informed judgment calls on who they might be. So just to take a step back, if you're a rookie or a newbie to the FPL game, double game weeks basically give players the opportunity to play two matches while other players only get one, and they're all counted towards the same game week total. So this could obviously be a huge opportunity to target a differential captain with two games or use any of the power-up bonus chips. As I asked Corey about earlier, you know, free hit, wild card bench boost, triple captain. If you have two chances to score points with your player that or players, obviously that's a, you know, higher upside uh, probability bet. So that's where we stand right now. There is some news that we should get in front of right now. And Corey's going to share that. And that's the not so good news going into game week 21. Yeah. So we already know that heading into game week 21, that Leicester Norwich match is postponed with COVID and injuries in the Norwich squad. Uh, and additionally, there are some early reports and potentially uh, with that Newcastle and Southampton game 
uh, that it might be on the verge of being postponed as well. So definitely recommend to stay patient with any and all of those transfers, wait for some more news as we head into Friday, um, and just be aware that those fixtures, especially that Lesser Norwich one, already postponed and that Newcastle Southampton one, looking like it's heading in that direction as well. The best matchup this game week, there's really only one that's the standout, and that is Spurs-Watford. Uh, Spurs travel to Watford. Seems like the best match for FPL returns, potentially for both sides. I expect that this is going to be a more up-and-down match. Watford have failed to keep a clean sheet thus far all season, and so both Kane and Hyungman Sung look like really quality captain selection. The reason that this is so is because obviously the Leicester match is called off playing Norwich. I mean, I think James Madison and potentially Jamie Vardy, if healthy, would be great shouts in that match. However, the best matches really are happening in real life in game week 21, and that's Liverpool traveling to Chelsea for a matchup of the second and third rated teams in the table. And then Manchester city travel to Arsenal. So these are real heavyweight battles. Uh, Liverpool is in third, Chelsea's in second, City is in first, and Arsenal is in fourth. So again, those are really hard matchups to predict for FPL returns, but they should be great watches if you're just a fan of the Premier League and great football in general. With that being said, you know, Corey alluded to some of the cancellations. Only City and Chelsea, who are in those tough fixtures in game week 21, have played the full 20 matches up to this point in the season. Burnley right now are the laggard. They've only played 16 times out of 20 possible matches, while Watford, Everton, and Spurs have each played 17 games. So I'm not a mathematician and I'm not very good with numbers, but obviously if those squads are fit, those four teams are going to be the most likely to get double game weeks in game week 21, game week 22, as well as elsewhere later on in the season. So just be mindful of that. I wouldn't make any transfers in without knowing if there's a double game week and who those teams are. So just be patient, wait as long as possible, um, not till five minutes before. So the server crashes, but maybe till, <laughs> till Saturday morning or Friday late evening uh, to make any moves. Bucks, just real quick to, to shout out some of those teams you highlighted. I think, you know, especially heading into some potential double game weeks and, and um, even more potentially other than 21 and 22, uh, especially those Spurs assets, maybe a few Watford assets as well. Um, definitely wants to consider as we head into those you know, opportunities for those teams. Yeah, and we should just mention that it is a particularly tricky point in the season because there is AFCON, which is a major national tournament that is happening at the same time that the Premier League is playing on. So players like Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Emmanuel Denis. I mean, there's a serious potential that each and every team in the league is going to be losing a serious contributor to their success in the Premier League and a player that has been relied on for points and contributions. Uh, obviously, the Liverpool players are the most prominent, but you know Chelsea's potentially going to be losing Edouard Mendy, and each and every club is going to have uh, some hole that they're going to have to plug uh, dealing with this situation. Obviously, if you 
our player and you have the chance to play for your national team and win a trophy and a tournament, this is a huge opportunity. So uh, I think that the coverage has been in a real wrong way. AFCON is a tournament that should be celebrated the way that Euros and CONCACAF is. That's a much cooler name, that's for sure. And so, you know, the Premier League and AFCON organizers should really find a situation where this is an off-season tournament so that it can be focused on and championed in the same way some of the other National League tournaments are. Yeah, I think that's going to be, in addition to the, the COVID cases and injuries and potential postponements, that the, the layering in of AFCON is going to be an additional thing for managers to navigate as far as heading into the coming game weeks and thinking about, you know, chips to use, transfers to make, um, and really being patient with some of those um, transfers as we wait to hear more news and, and think about those um, additional things layered into how we navigate that. So, Absolutely. This is going to be a crazy and challenging season for sure. With that, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to pick Corey's brain. I have a couple of questions to ask him, and then we're going to close out with our transfer and captaincy selection. And we're back. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for, let's figure out what Corey is doing. That's allowing him to just absolutely run away with this season so far in FPL. So Corey, what's been your strategy and what's made you successful through 20 game weeks of this FPL season? Yeah, I think a couple of things have really uh, helped me out this season, uh, looking back at past seasons and maybe mistakes I've made or ways that I've managed it differently. One of the things, uh, one of the, maybe the biggest uh, things in, in that is that has happened to me this year is uh, thinking about really minimizing those hits. So this year I've taken no hits thus far. Um, I've really worked to roll as often as I can. And really in, in doing both of those things, I've also really just tried to focus on some of the biggest problems each game week. So really not trying to get too bogged down with some, you know, uh, maybe some injuries or some potential movement of postponement of games and really just trying to focus in what's in front of me and really not also just trying to put too much thought into price rises, which I, in a couple of game uh, in years past, I've really focused in on and maybe been too pressured by um, being influenced by those price rises. This year, I really have kind of ignored them to some extent and really waited till the end of a game week to make those transfer decisions, uh, deciding to roll or to not take a hit or to uh, again, focus in on just those big issues which has done well for me this year. Uh, and, you know, certainly gotten lucky in a few moments too, but um, I think that's overall helped me to really be successful. That's great. And you're practicing the patience that Brian and I had advised in the preseason, but we have each of us in our own ways failed to implement for our own squad. So kudos to you on that. Just one follow-up question on that, Corey, when you're making your transfer moves or you're setting your lineup, setting a plan, when are you setting your lineup in general? And then when are you making the transfer decisions about, about how late into the game week and when, when are you kind of setting the initial plan and then, and then executing it each and every game? Yeah, I would say heading into a game week, if there's not a Friday fixture, I'm usually kind of developing some sort of plan or strategy, maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'm really not executing that strategy most often until late in the evening on Friday, uh, Friday nights, you know, I'm on the West coast. So that early Saturday morning fixture is, is a tough one to work around, especially with last minute updates in the evenings or early mornings. 
Um, so I've tried to really wait as, as late as possible. Um, and then if, if I know ahead of time about some postponements or injuries ahead of time, then I'm, I'm planning those you know, a little bit earlier. Um, but I'm really trying to wait as late as possible, especially with a lot of uncertainty this year um, with moving pieces. And so just really waiting uh, you know, until Friday evening late or Thursday evening if there is a, a Friday fixture. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Next question I want to ask you is about your turning point or turning points thus far in this season of FPL. Yeah. Game week eight, where I look back on that as a big turning point for me, I wildcarded in game week nine, but heading into game week nine, I was on a pretty substantial green arrow. And then I really hit my wild card as well in game week nine. I had 95 points. I think the, the average that week was actually pretty high. Um, if I recall, a lot of people got, you know, hundred point scores, but I hit that game week nine wild card, which really set me up for a lot of success. I had six straight green arrows then from that, that point on um, and really moved me and allowed me to jump from around 165 K uh, into the top 10,000 uh, heading into game week 14. So, um, you know, hitting that wild card really set me up for long-term success, um, which is why, you know, I'm really thinking about that second wild card coming up. When I want to use it last year, I ended up using it far too late. Uh, I distinctly remember not being able to catch you bucks late in the season. I was, I was too late on using that wild card. So thinking about the time frame of that um, and my next one, um, knowing how successful that first one was uh, that, you know, really was able to get some long-term success from that and a lot of green arrows. Yeah. Great shout and uh, credit to you because I remember we actually both moved late. The popular move was to to wildcard a week earlier than both of us did. And we were patient and we were both rewarded. I think your wildcard team much more so than mine. I went a little too heavy on gut and differential plays than just picking the more obvious selections with that. Let's, let's turn over who you mentioned your favorite player all time is Robert Van Persie. Who's Mm -hmm. your favorite player right now in the premier league? Uh, You can be biased and include some Arsenal players. Yeah, I would say overall, I just love watching uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold play. You know, he had he had that that last moment uh, this past game week that allowed Lookman to get that goal um, that you know ultimately um, didn't do well for his point total for the game week. But I just love watching him play. I mean, the way that he you know just puts service into the box and moves around the field. It's you know, he just moves with such confidence, and um, you know he's always you know just involved in a lot of the attacking threat of of Liverpool. Um, being an Arsenal fan myself, uh, it's been really awesome to see uh, Emil Smith-Rowe develop, uh, especially into this season and, and watch, you know, the youth in that, in that team uh, really develop. Um, and then just aside from those two players, uh, really watching uh, Mo Salah is just, he's a magician on, on the field and really wonderful to see. And then, uh, you know, just a, a last quick, I know you asked for one player, but Jamie Vardy, I mean, he's, you know, it just seems like <laughs> uh, just like a really, really awesome ladder. You know, if, if I had to pick a player to have a beer with, he'd be definitely be that player. I'd love to have a chat and, and, uh, and a pint with him, but uh, yeah. So, but to go back to your initial question, Alexander Arnold is, is definitely a, a favorite to watch. Awesome. And that dovetails perfectly. What is your favorite team outside of Arsenal to watch right now? Yeah, right now I would say seeing West Ham, you know, just been really enjoyable watching West Ham, uh, move up, move up the table this season and the form that they've been in, um, you know, kind of getting back into contention, being in the top five, uh, just really exciting to watch that team uh, develop and, p- and play and, 
so West Ham, I would say outside of Arsenal has been a team that I've enjoyed following a lot this year. Wow. A uh, rivalry brewing in our, the top <laughs> manager. Uh, final question. That's going to be, what is your end of season goal? Uh, this is now your fifth year playing. You're a super senior of FPL seasons. Uh, you know, what's your goal for overall finish and kind of, you know, you still have a number of your chips remaining. What's your, what's kind of your big picture that you're looking at for the last 18 game weeks? Yeah, I would say just a, a, a smaller term goal would be uh, sur- surpassing the the total points from last season. Every year, the last five years, I, I've done better than the year before as far as total points. Nice. Um, but but then looking at you know just big picture goals for the end of the season, certainly uh, I'm in position to hopefully try to win some of those mini leagues and head to head leagues that I'm in. You know, and in, in the mini leagues, I'm in top two in a lot of them. Head to head leagues and top five in a lot of them. Um, so putting myself in position to actually winning those leagues is exciting and winning, uh, you know, getting some, maybe some trophies in that, but then looking overall, uh, would love to finish top 10 K my, my overall best finish is just outside of hundred K I think right around 111. And so, I mean, top 10 K would be massive, uh, and be certainly, uh, by far and away my best season ever. And so that would, you know, I think I'm being right around 30 K right now in a position to, to get that goal. And that would be the goal by the end of the season. Yeah, we're rooting for you to smash it, but uh, I know a bunch of the other players in the FPL Blues podcast mini league are hoping to be somewhere in the you know five to ten k range when the season all wraps up. So we could be just uh, one or two spots ahead of you. Uh, congratulations! I mean, it's already been an amazing season. We don't do any uh, participation trophies, but uh, you're certainly looking like you're in line to pick up some swag at the end of the season uh, based on your first half's performance. With that, let's get to the way we close out each and every podcast, and that's with our transfer plans and captaincy selection. Uh, Corey, you're the guest here. Why don't you take it away? uh, Tell the listeners what your plans are at this current point. So I decided, as I mentioned, I decided to roll last game week. So I'm heading into game week 20 with two free transfers available. I have 0.1 million in the bank. Um, So not a lot of wiggle room as far as money in the bank is concerned, but Definitely those two free transfers are huge heading into this game week, especially with some of the, the issues that are that are showing up on my team. Um, but I'm going to actually wait, as I mentioned with my strategy, I'm going to wait till late in the evening tomorrow night um, to really move on any transfers and hear more news as far as the game weeks go um, and the postpone, potential postponements. Uh, but I am looking to use those free, two free transfers and potentially um, using my first uh, first hit of the season so far. We'll have to see how that uh, shakes out. But uh, I have several issues in my team right now that I need to take care of um, in the next couple of game weeks. You know, I have a triple up with uh, Arsenal, Ramsdale. Uh, uh, I have uh, Lacazette. And then I also have Martinelli that I need to move off of because they have City and then some blanks. And then I have, as we mentioned before, I have Alonzo and James that have those um, tough fixtures and then two blank potentials. And then Bernardo Silva as well, who... Um, is has not been performing the last couple of game weeks. So I'm looking to use those two free transfers. I'm actually potentially looking to bring in Antonio and Bowen um, with some eyes as well on cash. Um, you know, he has some good fixtures, potential double up as well. Um, and then potentially Regalon as well. So I have some that I'm considering, but I'm definitely going to use those two free transfers heading into this game week. 
One more uh, question that I have for you just on your plan. You have Salah still. He is incredibly expensive, and we all know he has Chelsea, and then he's going away to AFCON. Uh, are you going to be looking to potentially transfer off Salah as one of your two or three transfer moves this game week, or he's going to be a next week problem for you? He's going to, right now, as it stands, he's going to be a next week problem for me. Um, I, you know, Mo Salah, obviously he didn't you know, blank the last game week, but as the season outlook is concerned, he's been performing, you know, most week in and week out as far as returns go. We mentioned before Chelsea defense, uh, a lot of concerns with the defensive uh, uh, stats of uh, Chelsea. And so I'm going to hold him for this game week. I'm hoping that he's going to return and then I'll deal with you know him going to AFCON the following game week. Um, but for this game week, planning to hold him. What about and will you? you? And will you be captaining him this game week? Yeah, great question. Um, it's hard to go against the most solid captain, especially this season. So right now the armband is on him. I have a feeling as we head into the to, to the weekend that might move uh, elsewhere. But as it stands right now, it is on him. We'll have to see. Uh, I, you know, definitely some some options to weigh uh, as far as transfers go. If I if I do bring in. Um, you know, either Antonio or Bowen um, might, you know, be looking at maybe one, you know, an Antonio option. Watkins, Ollie Watkins might be uh, maybe a, a little bit of a punt or a little bit of a differential captain as well. We'll have to see. But right now, the armband is on Mosala. So very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. For me, I have uh, I made a free transfer last game week, moving off Ramsdale to bring in De Gea. It didn't quite come good as. Uh, United continue to leak goals. I have 0.2 million in the bank and I am ready to move off Reese James. The only thing stopping me from making a move is one. I want to know if there is any double game weeks and who to target. Uh, but also Connor Gallagher is in my side. He currently has COVID and I had really held on to him because Crystal Palace had Norwich in game week 20. Obviously he misses that contest. So that's incredibly frustrating. And as Corey mentioned, I also have Bernardo Silva and he's been playing. If you watch the city matches, they're scoring a ton of goals and he is just nowhere close to the action on any of it. He's playing so deep now that KDB is back in midfield. So if I move this game week, it's probably going to be off Reese James. And I want to try and maybe avoid taking a hit this game week. Um, but if there is a double game week, anything is possible. And I think that uh, nothing is off the table. So, uh, you know, I mentioned Reese James. So I, some defenders that are on my short list, I really like the way Matt Target is looking. You mentioned Matty Cash. He's also, they play on the same Villa side. I also really rate Emerson Royale and Reggion, the wingbacks for Spurs. They're going to have a bunch of matches to be rescheduled. And, and then kind of going differential, if I was making this transfer move and it was game week 25, I would definitely say Tierney would be my first choice, but because Arsenal are going to be missing some matches and have some hard games, um, he's towards the back end of my kind of wish list. He's no longer on my watch list. With that, we should just say Brian is also weighing up his transfer moves. He also has Reese James and Bernardo Silva, probably looking at Matty Cash, Reggion, or and Jared Bowen. So he's considering the cash Bowen uh, pretty boy move uh, into his side. And he's already got the armband on his longtime FPL crush, his dream date, Youngman Sung. He loves him. We all love him. And uh, he's going to be riding with Youngman Sung. Sun is currently my captain as well going into this game week. Uh, I 
might be swapping that. I think that there's reason to believe that Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to be the top scoring player in game week 21. That is a bold prediction. Uh, irrespective, if there are double game weeks, obviously that is set to change. But I think that the Chelsea-Liverpool match is really a heavyweight in concept only because Chelsea defense are in a bad way and Liverpool are going to have a revenge factor coming to Stamford Bridge. So um, any quick predictions from you, Corey, on the Liverpool at Chelsea and City at Arsenal matches, the two kind of heavyweight battles? Yeah, I, you know, quick prediction for the Liverpool-Chelsea. I see, I see Liverpool, you know, getting, getting the head in that match. I, I predict maybe a 2-1 outcome for Liverpool in that. As far as the the city arsenal, I would love to say you know having my my arsenal boys you know come on do it do it <laughs> you know one nil arsenal would be great but uh, I I could see I'll I'll say a one one draw with city and that would be a that would be a massive outcome for arsenal especially as they're you know racing to finish in the top four um, I had a quick question for you you mentioned some potential Spurs transfers as far as Royal and Reguilon go. And I know that's a conversation in a lot of the FPL community right now heading into the next couple of game weeks. Um, what are your thoughts on those two players? I, certainly, Reguilon is a little bit more of a, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's in that squad a real, little bit more regularly. Royale, maybe a little bit more of a, you know, a punt, but we're wanting to know your thoughts a little bit. So great question. I think for me, Reguilon is worth the extra funds. He plays a little bit more advanced than Emerson Royal. And really, I think that if I was going to seriously consider going down to Emerson Royal, I'd probably want to get more certainty in matches and I would go all the way down to Eric Dyer. So that's for me and my team. I, I really love playing wingbacks. That's, that's kind of been my philosophy. Go for the attacking upside, kind of be damned with the one-off rotation risk. The, the challenge is right now is that Spurs, they don't have the double game weeks confirmed. So we don't really know what their upcoming schedule looks like. And I would say that Reguillon being rested in midweek is really good for his prospects coming back and featuring the full 90 in game week 21, right? Emerson Royal didn't have that same uh, ability to come off the pitch and get a rest. So that would be something in the short term, if I was only looking to do a move for one game week punt and then maybe wild card or free hit, that would be something that I would be considering. I would, I would be willing to put out more funds to get Reguillon. He's someone I rate as a player a little bit more than Royale. Yeah. Great chat with that. And I, yeah, I totally agree with your analysis on that and thinking about, you know, those two assets for Spurs. Yeah. And just one player that had been on my watch list that I do want to call out is Delo from United. He gets rested and Shaw, excuse me, Shaw and Juan Basaka both start for United in this match against Burnley. They end up getting the result and getting three points, but they don't get the clean sheet. So that's really concerning. And even more so Delo came off the bench for a cameo appearance. So that's something that definitely spooked me. I already brought in De Gea. So I have my kind of choice of the Man United defensive assets at this point in time. So DeLow is no longer on my radar, but if you had been targeting a United defender, just be mindful and be weary that uh, there is still something to be shook out in this new manager and how he's lining up as his favorite 11 each and every match worth saying. Yep. Yeah. Great, great points to that. 
Okay, Corey, you made it. We're at the end of the episode wishing you and all of our listeners a happy, healthy, and joyous end to 2021. It's been a kind of brutal year, so we're through it. And let's just hope 2022 is a year filled with lots of reasons to celebrate, joyous occasions, great people to celebrate together with. And of course, for both of us, for all of our listeners, many green arrows and many more entertaining FPL and Premier League matches to enjoy. So thank you, Corey. Thank you to all of our listeners. We'll be back with a recap of game week 21 and a preview for game week 22 next week. Thanks, everyone. Take care.